0: upside down.
1: We um, were able to give you a little flavor of the musical Hamilton, and you're going to get a much deeper appreciation in the conversation that my colleague Bruce Wolpe will soon lead. I'm Michael Green. I'm the CEO of the U.S. Studies Center at the University of Sydney. We're delighted you could join us to be in the Zoom when it happens um, with Michael Castle and members of the cast of the Australian production of Hamilton. And of course, uh, we're uh, at the University of City on the land where it happens. Uh, And the University of Sydney is on the land of the Gadigal people of the Ora Nation and we pay our uh, respects to the elders past, present, and future. And just on a personal note, I look forward to the day when some future uh, production of this story is is as successful on Hollywood as as Hamilton was. Um, I've seen Hamilton twice myself with my family. We saw it once in Chicago, once in London. Um, What a remarkable production. Um, across the United States, there are thousands and thousands of of kids as young as eight and nine, including my 12-year-old daughter, who can sing the entire musical from memory. Um, And what an unbelievable civics lesson for Americans, but for the whole world. And what an incredible, you know, um, rendition of everything that's beautiful and wonderful about the American Democratic uh, uh, experiment and everything that's troubled about it. All right back with the founding of the Republic uh, and captured uh, in Hamilton in in a hip hop production that the founding fathers would um, surely have been dazzled by. So I'm going to turn it over to my colleague, Bruce Wolpe. I I have only seen Hamilton twice. I'm told he's seen it countless times. (laughs) Um, Maybe he can tell us how many and uh, really look forward to the discussion. Bruce, thanks very much. Michael, thank you and and over to you. Uh, First, Michael, I want to introduce the cast that's with us
2: today. Hi, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's great to be with you all, and it's my great pleasure to introduce to you just three of our wonderful company members of Hamilton, the Australian production. Akina Edmonds, who plays Angelica Schuyler. Good morning, Akina. Good morning. Jason Arrow, who plays the man himself, Alexander Hamilton.
3: Hello. Good morning.
2: And Martu Narapo, who plays George Washington. Good morning, Martu. Good morning. Now, this is, uh, this is quite remarkable, I have to say, because, you know, normally working in theatre, we tend to, you know, be rather quiet for us <laughs> yeah. of a, of a morning. But so to have Jason and and Martin with us is very, very special. Thank you guys for taking the time to be with us this morning. And I hope everything is well in Brisbane, where you've just enjoyed a spectacular opening night last Tuesday.
3: It's warm. It's so <laughs> warm. <laughs> It's warm. Beautiful. Yeah, it's great up here. Thank you, Bruce. Thank Great you me. for having Thank
4: us. you, Michael. Thank you to uh, Matu, Akina, Jason, Victoria Cooper will be joining us uh, shortly, as well as scholars at the United States Studies Center. Sydney uh, swooned at your feet. Melbourne was marbled, and Brisbane is beguiled, and you're going to go to New Zealand, where I think it's going to be the most successful invasion since the British took over the joint in 1840. And uh, my question, my first question for the three of you is, um, uh, what's amazing from uh, from before even before Hamilton opened and the first curtain, you know, rising and opening night in the three cities here has been this overpowering enthusiasm for the production. And uh, why is the show resonating so powerfully uh, with audiences that are half a world away and two and a half centuries past uh, the events that you're recounting for us here? Uh, whoever wants to start first. Uh, Matu,
5: why don't you give it a go and then Akina and Chase. Matu?
6: No. Look, I think it's just, honestly, part of the revolution of the time. I I feel like the show itself um, speaks to change and the world is ready for change. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, in a nutshell, for me, that's why it's really uh, hit home with people and why it's been already hitting the ground running so, so successful.
4: Mm -hmm. Akina?
0: I think it's um, two things to add on to that is is the multi-genre music reaches a lot of people Um, and also the flawed humans that everyone can relate to someone in the show that these flawed humans are still able to succeed hugely globally Mm -hmm. Um, so I think with that combo in mind it's it's hard not to want to come back again, again, again.
4: <laughs> J- Jason, do you play Alexander
3: Howell? Um, yeah, well, I mean, from from that perspective, it's kind of like an underdog story. I think everyone loves an underdog story. He came with nothing, um, he had nothing to his name and then he basically built his entire legacy from the, from the ground up with nothing behind him. So um, I think also that is something that resonates with people. Um, everyone wants to see the underdog win. Um, and, you know, I mean, you can look at it in a varying different ways than whether he won or not at the end. But, um, you know, in his own personal legacy, I think he, he succeeded and did what he wanted to do, even though he might not have been satisfied with that
4: um and, and now i want to ask you how did you prepare for these roles you grew up i assume you didn't take horses in american history when you were in uh, school uh, <laughs> or, or no i mean people have heard about george washington i don't know how many people might have heard about alexander hamilton even half a world away but how did each of you prepare to to take on the roles that you did how did you study up how did it, how did you become the character that you're playing um okay i'll, I'll
3: go um so i uh I read the Ron Chernow biography um, probably up until about like midway through until it started deviating from uh, the show a little bit. Like the show has its kind of own thread or version of history that the biography doesn't necessarily, that that real life history doesn't necessarily have. Um, And so after a certain point, I went, okay, so I've got the information I need, which is most of his early life, um, which is very important when you're portraying, anyone if especially anyone real i think early life's the most important part to grasp onto um and then from there i went okay what version of history am i being given from the show from this point onwards um and then i kind of amalgamated the two um into my own version of what he is on the stage every night Um, so yeah it was kind of like a two-pronged approach between history and what i was given on the page
4: great beginner
0: i I like to um, come from it uh, come at it from like a relationship point of view and um, really uh, discover and and explore the different relationships uh, and i did a I like to grab a few bullet points about what who Angelica is um, I like to say it is because I feel like these people are just um, I'm still here <laughs> um, and and put my spin on it for me, I wanted to stay away from its uh, magnitude and just focus in on what it was I could bring to these relationships regardless of other people's um, expectations I guess uh, and hopes about what uh, Angelica should be. Um, and so, with that, we've got a lot of freedom. And then we got to explore through conversation and being in the room and collaborating with one another about what these relationships are. And so, for me, the politics of it all became kind of secondary, or um, yeah, the, the show and its politics is just kind of the vehicle to explore these relationships, which to me are the primary. Um, things that I feel invested in. Yes,
4: and uh, Matu, uh, there were all those relationships, all those politics, he played George Washington, uh, the first president, probably the most famous, probably the most famous American in, in uh, American history and known around the world. How did you learn to, how did you grow into the role of George Washington?
6: Yeah, thank you. Um, the the role is different to who the man was. So for me, it's, it's not as helpful to think about this gargantuan giant of a man who changed the world. The most important part of that sentence, which I just said, is that he was a man. Mm. And that's probably the thing that I can connect to the most, that he was a man in his own life, trying to do things in the best way that he could to help the people around him that he loved. And by being that man, the rest of the state, the rest of the country, the rest of the, um, his army decided that he was the right man to change the course of history. So, and this this is a way that I approach the show actually, it has to be step by step, bit by bit, because thinking about the whole is a bit too overwhelming. Um, he starts yep. off the show at around about the same age as myself, so I can I can kind of hook in there and see whatever happens on the day. But like Akina, finding a few bullet points of, of things that help me key into who he was, um, some really specific historical facts to lean on, but then also, the way that we were given license to bring ourselves to the role, which is something I'm really proud of, um, is, is really where in this day and age in Brisbane in 2023, the character must live.
4: Mm. And, and continuing on from that, what Hamilton does is a huge sense of pride in the American Revolution. And how, what does, but we live in today's world, America has gone through good times, bad times, troubled times, unified times. And so I'm wondering what your participation in Hamilton has done to your thinking about the American Revolution and what it means today?
5: Jason?
3: Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really good question. So, sorry, could you just repeat the last portion of that could one more you, time for me? Think
4: about the Ameri- How does participating in the play, what does it make you think about the American Revolution today and what it might mean today, what America means today?
3: Oh, okay, right, okay, I see. Um, well, I think the show is, again, if I just go back to that whole underdog story and, um, you know, fighting for everything that you believe in, that has been something that has continually been a part of the world since day dot. So, um, I think that... W- any revolution big small um cultural in any way shape or form this show talks to that um which in ways can i guess be manipulated by certain people to think it's about something that it's not so there's one thing that there is another way to look at it um which is always good to have both sides of that coin to understand that you know some people might try and flip something in a way that most people don't agree with um but the story itself i think talks to anyone who has a belief that might not be what most people think or what most people want is, is doable and is possible. And for me, that that has so much to do with um, the way America, even Australia is at the moment. You know, we have um, our own First Nations people here fighting for their rights and their, um, their belonging on their own land, um, which is, you know, something that is slowly but surely pushing forward and the show helps with that even though it's about America it's got nothing to do with Australia directly the story itself the people in the story they hold a a set of values that um that we can latch on to and use to help propel us forward in a positive way
2: I think that's the resonance certainly it was a question that's a great answer Jason the question that we were asked a lot Bruce when we announced that the show is coming to Australia is why do you think Australia. Yeah, sure. audiences really yeah. Know. Uh, you know, we you know certainly I can speak personally when I went and saw Hamilton, uh not long yeah. after it premiered on Broadway back in September of 2015. I had not heard the cast recording. I did not know anything about Alexander Hamilton. But what resonated with me, and I think to Akina's point earlier, and to, to Marty's and to Jason's, is it's a very real and human story. And that's what we as audiences, regardless of our backgrounds or, or where these shows are playing, that's what we connect to. It's, a, it's about a man who is an orphaned, Caribbean orphan goes on to become a founding father of America. And it's through great determination and great grit and great intelligence that he changes not only the trajectory of his life, but that of his adopted country. And I think despite all of the historical significance, it's those personal relationships and that personal journey that we experience through Hamilton and through his relationship with Burr and, and the Scarlet Sisters and everybody else who's featured in the show. That's what we as audience members connect to. Exactly.
4: Um, which brings us to the founding mothers, Akina, and uh because they're part of it too. And the, the play, the musical has the women in very almost strikingly modern roles, I mean, uh, Martha plays Eliza, you play Angelica. I mean, they are um, women that we can, you know, can identify with. And so, so I wanted your, any, any thoughts, reflections on playing that role and the, and the role of women in building the American Revolution, you know, doing what they did at that time. Just any thoughts you have on, on your experience
0: there? Mm. Oh, I love, I love uh, considering what it is that the women bring. Um, in this show, and obviously historically. What I find really interesting, what I love the most, is that women have less time on stage than the men, yet I feel like their impact is just the same, if not stronger, which is a reflection of women anyway, uh, mostly. Um, and I'm not saying all women are great, not all men are great, you know, <laughs> so it's just yeah. that's its beauty is that the impact that we get to bring to the show, we don't necessarily need to be seen um, for the entirety of the show, which is um, my favorite. It's also uh, a lot of pressure if I think about it too much, which is why like, I don't like to do that. <laughs> um, You know, Angelica has one song to kind of say everything. Um, and invite you to feel and experience everything without forcing you to. Um, So I think that sums up what the women do in the show. And so I feel what they also had to do historically was make an impact without being seen making an impact, um, which I think is quite powerful. And I think that still happens today. I think obviously we have uh, a lot more freedom to, to speak and to be and to move in the world. However, we still need to be a lot more subtle uh, and in the background with our power um, and our influence. So that's my thoughts and reflection on the women's show. And I really love that.
4: That's wonderful. Um, Victoria, over to you, please.
5: Yeah, great. And it's so um, wonderful to be here and to be able to ask you guys these questions. And I, I just want to follow on. Um, about some of the, you know, the updates to the show. And I think one of the things is that the staging of the show has so many actors and actresses who are people of colour. What do you think that says about the the way that the show was conceived and what effect do you think that that has on audiences as they view so many of these American revolutionary protagonists who were white being played by people of colour? And actually, Jason, I might start with you.
3: Okay. Um, Well, I mean, the show, Lynn, originally said, I don't, and I don't know if I'm doing this quite word for word, but, um, that it was, uh, America today, the story America then told by America today. So I think that, that the same for Australia, same for the same for England, the same for Germany now, um, you know, so wherever the show goes, it's that, that place told by, um, the diverse group of people on that land at that time. Um, so I think that's, that's obviously part of it. Um, In terms of the story itself and how that is, sorry, what was the the last bit just one more time? Sorry.
5: (laughs) I mean, what impact do you think that that has on um, audiences to see? Um, Oh, and the impact. Yeah.
3: Yes. So I think that again, talks to that, uh, that underdog, that revolution. I mean, we, there's still people fighting for, for rights in every facet of, of life. So in America, we have the black lives matter movement in Australia. We have again, first nations, people fighting for their rights on their land. Um, you know, it's, it, it's again, that revolution, it's that revolution. People are still fighting for their own basic freedoms. And that is something that the show talks to. And when you have people of color portraying those, those roles, those revolutionary roles, those powerful roles, those people who are making massive gear shifts, I think that that way awakens something in a lot of people. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's, that's my personal take on it. If I was to go up, you know, go and watch the show and see that where you're seeing such powerful human beings on stage coming from nothing and turning the world into something else you think that anything is possible yourself mm-hmm. and that helps you push forward in any way you need
6: to yeah great
5: great answer um matu would you like to add anything to
6: that i think jason really nailed it really the um the idea that this is the american dream no matter who you are no matter where you come from you can achieve anything I think that's a really important concept that the show lends to everyone and inspires people. I think that there is, on a very base level, an important responsibility that the work has to give people whose culture has been used in the show the opportunity to embody their culture. I think that's very, very important. Um, And I think that as people who, um, like myself, well, like all of us really, who haven't necessarily grown up with or a part of Black American, specifically culture, but have been inspired by it, Mm. and we have connected to it, it's an incredible opportunity to learn from and give back Mm. to um, that. And I just think the show is perfectly made for this time in history. I just really do. It uses everything, gives everybody uh, something to work towards and look forward to in a hopeful way
5: yeah brilliant answer and I I want to pick up on something you mentioned you talked about the American dream and we've talked about it a couple of times of Hamilton you know being this underdog story and the musical itself being about lots of flawed humans but I suppose at the end of the day Hamilton does sort of emerge as this hero figure Um, and so Jason I suppose this is the question for you I mean is Hamilton a hero to you and if so what makes him a hero
3: (laughs) Um, I still, I still, even now, two years later, and I, th- I think I said the same thing right at the beginning. I don't see anyone really as like a hero specifically. Um, okay. Yeah. He had a massive say in how a country was made. But if you look at that story from the nuggets of human interaction throughout it, not, <laughs> not great. <laughs> like, he, he didn't, he wasn't great sometimes, Um and he had a lot of short, he had a lot of shortcomings. I think his his work life balance to something that I've always referred to is terrible. <laughs> like he, he had, like he had so many opportunities to like be with family and you know build that his his relationships there, that trust there, and kept choosing work. And it's that work life balance. But I mean, the story, if it was like take a break, okay, and then he actually takes a break. I don't know how this you know might not have been as interesting a story. He also might not okay. have you know helped create an entire country so like you know yes he is a hero in some aspects but I think as far as human interactions go most some people might not see him as the hero I still I I see him more as a gray area I don't I let the show on that night decide where he sits and sometimes I'll finish the show and I'll be like I actually have no idea and I think that's the best way to do it if you if I go in there and I go he's the hero tonight I think I force too much upon the show and upon everyone else on stage around me to make the show go in a certain direction. And then it's not fear, it doesn't feel as real. Um, So I think really it's stepping out on stage and singing that first Alexander Hamilton and going, let's see where this goes.
5: (laughs) Oh, I I, I suppose perhaps this is a very meta question, but I suppose we're dealing with very meta questions today. Uh, And maybe Akina, I'll ask you, do you think times of change bring forward best men and women or do you think those men and women you know enforce those times of change what do you what do you think
0: go again can you say that question again fair enough it was a
5: difficult question um but do you think times bring forward the best men and women or do you think that um you you know men and women force those times of change
0: i think it's a combo it has to be a combo i feel um because one needs to inspire the other and depending on who those humans are, like, I mean, most of us here, I feel a type A's. So I feel like we could be uh, people that would force sometimes um, to change, but also if times were to, to change as they are, uh, there's no other option but to move with it. You're either gonna move with it and, and move that forward or sideways, just move it, um, or fall back And and... And be a spectator of, of the movement, which is kind of, I think all of us here in this room like to be participants of, of movement, whether that be for the joyride, the adrenaline, or for passionate change um, for our loved ones, ourselves, and our communities.
5: Mm-hmm. And speaking, speaking of times and change and revolution, Bruce, you had a question about Twitter?
4: <laughs> yes, I have a question about Twitter. But first, I want to ask a question. Uh, what about Aaron Burr, really? What do we think about Aaron Burr? After after this show. Um, uh, Matu? Really, yeah. <laughs> Matu, any
6: thoughts? Well, look, he, he finishes the show, doesn't he, by saying, now I'm the villain in your history, right? Yeah. So that's a really unfortunate place to finish your job every day. <laughs> Um, So I, I, for the person playing the role, I think it's a real weight to bear because everybody wants to see, as Jason has mentioned, Alexander Hamilton as their hero, as someone to aspire to be like, as the every man that we can see ourselves in. So we see Aaron Burr, we have to see Aaron Burr as the antagonist to that. Whether he was that or is that really, Um, that is up to everybody's own mind. But I was thinking about this earlier. We are here in characters of support of the journey of Hamilton because he represents everybody watching the show. So whatever my function is to propel him on, to do the great thing that I and myself believe that I can do, is really what I'm supposed to do every day. And that's what Aaron Burr has to do.
4: Fantastic. Um, just uh, for historical note, Aaron Burr uh, fled uh, after killing Hamilton. Uh, if some people want to arrest him for murder, he evaded that. He then engaged in a whole bunch of um, hijinks, uh, which were deemed treasonous. And he was indicted in Virginia and went to trial in Virginia on treason, uh, but was acquitted uh, by uh, the jury in Virginia. So he was he was never jailed. And he uh, died of a stroke about uh, 30 years after killing Alexander, so um, I think that fits in exactly, Matu, with what you were saying on his destiny, how we feel about him. Um, But let's take it up to the present, Twitter. Um, Twitter didn't exist then, but I I thought it was just fascinating, and I didn't know it until I read Chernow's biography of Hamilton, You know, when he was, how he used pamphlets um, on his personal life and on uh, selling the revolution. I just want your thoughts on your modern people in the modern world. Um, streaming, beaming, uh, tweeting? And how do you feel about dealing with all those issues in the, you know, 1700s and then in communicating and winning public opinion? Really something.
3: Invented social media, pretty much. (laughs) 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 Well, that's why I always saw the pamphlets like that. It's actually a really good analogy because like, I mean, what is like the one thing you're always told not to do on social media is like, Air your entire life on there, like put your exact every thought in your brain, put it down on the page. And that is precisely what he did. So, the very first iteration of any kind of social media is precisely what Hamilton did, was the wrong thing to do. So, he, he, I, I would see that as a really good um comparison. And I, I will actually take that forward doing the show now and see that as like, oh, this is quite a modern, there you go. There's another, there's another modern, uh, element in the show that I didn't even realize existed. Um, for example, the end where, um, have you read this? Uh and they pass it to uh the you know, the conductor down in the front of the stage. That right there is a very like that's that's like an instant message. It's kind of like an I am, you know, just like handing it to someone and have it have a read, you know, and it's just the way that everything goes viral. It's <laughs> yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point.
4: Um, Akim, what do you think?
0: I I find it interesting because the pamphlets would take a lot longer than what it would with Twitter. So mm-hmm. Hamilton really, really wanted to get this out, which to me is mind boggling. You had all this time to reconsider it. You know, you can't, you don't yeah. have as much time on social media, you just press post or whatever it is you do. But yeah, yeah I, I, he really sat with it and went, right, I'll i put this out there for real. So not
3: a, not a hero thing to do. No. <laughs> no.
0: Which is why we love seeing these characters just be us, right? Like
6: mm.
4: uh, Mat- Matu, has this changed your social media habits?
6: Oh look, to be honest with you, Bruce, I am the least tech savvy <laughs> social media person you'll probably ever meet. I've never had any social media in my life until <laughs> I joined this show. And it's been incredibly overwhelming.
4: <laughs> uh, but also um really
6: interesting to see what, what actually the yes. world puts out there and obviously yeah it's it's exactly what it is it's exactly what it was um, but i i still think it's a heroic move to write it doing the deed was not okay. a heroic move but owning your stuff <laughs> i think is heroic
2: yeah i think it's been really interesting because um You're quite active on social media, as are you, Jason. But just the outpouring of affection and engagement from the fans here in Australia is unlike anything I've ever seen. And we continue, you know, you both, you all, three of you closed down Exhibition Street three weekends ago with the fans out at Stage Door farewelling you. What's that level of engagement been like? And, And... what, surp- uh, what surprise has it been to you, or, or has it been what you had expected coming into this sort of phenomenon that is Hamilton? I
0: I would say I'm not that active on the socials. Um, I I do, <laughs> I do, I, do, I think I posted opening night maybe three months later, um, and so I was getting chukkas for opening night three months later. So that was cool. I got a delayed chukkas from people. Um, but I, nothing could ever prepare you for this level of engagement, and I'm, I'm very. It still overwhelms me if I'm being completely honest. And I like mm. to be present with people. Um, the photos thing doesn't doesn't uh, excite me too much, so I, I like to just no photos and sign and have chats. But that's also um, energy output as well. But it's still connection. So I'm still working out. The balance between the energy output and connection because i do enjoy connection it's just i have mm. to manage how many shows i've done that day <laughs> and how much energy i have left um, emotional spiritual physical mental uh to be able to honor the the feedback because it's such beautiful feedback and and the way in which yeah. you show fix these people and i you know i saw harry potter the other month uh michael and I was like, oh my gosh is this I just want to yell at everyone and like hug them and tell them like, I love them I was like oh okay that's right okay I get it I get it um but yeah the level of um fandom for for Hamilton is is incredible and it's something I I really want to keep uh exploring and and hmm. and sinking my teeth into or to just really be with that
3: yeah but it hmm. is it's overwhelming it's a
0: balance it's a balance. Right.
3: Uh, yeah i've never seen that sort of post show post final show reaction ever in the history of theatre in australia i don't i don't know like uh, any any other time that that's happened where it was essentially like the first time we did ham for ham in melbourne where they where they were uh, you know there were people all along the front in front of the theater and then across the street there's like an island where people were like stand like an island in the middle of the roads standing on that and then across the road again and then on our final show same thing like we weren't doing anything we were just coming out and saying hi and everyone i think it was like the majority of the audience were out there to say thank you um and that was overwhelming i unders- i think i ended up spending up about two hours yeah. <laughs> two hours post-show um you know you know signing autographs and saying thank you getting photos um, but that is like, uh, as Akina said, it's like you have a bandwidth of how much of that you can actually put output. Um, and I think over time, because it was like a slow introduction to that kind of level, because obviously we had COVID, so we didn't have stage door for a while um, in Sydney. And so it was tri- it sort of trickled in that kind of personal interaction response. So by the time we got to Melbourne, I think I felt really equipped to just sort of I knew how to get in and out of conversations. I knew how to go to the next person without making the first person feel like I was ignoring them. And like, you know, like I, I sort of over time managed to figure out how to balance that. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed figuring that out because now it's at a point now where I don't feel like I have to put as much um, uh, of my, you know, res- energy reserves into it. It can just be a really casual conversation. Yeah, we'll have a photo. Yeah, that's so cool. And I sort of I sort of simmer it down to its basal level of human, human interaction as opposed to like, it's like sixty-six thousand people have to get to okay there's not that many people but you know what i mean there's like a lot of people around you know you have gotta get to everyone but yeah
4: talk less small <laughs>
3: exactly 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 it's pretty much that <laughs> uh, victoria over
4: to you
5: please yeah great um i suppose i mean touching on some of the stuff that we cover at the center looking at australia and the us and how they interact Um, I wonder one of the questions is and whether you have a read on it um, about how Australians are reacting to the King George figure. Um, You know, in Australia, after the death of Queen Elizabeth last year, there's been a couple more murmurs about potentially, um, you know, a Republican movement lying up again. And so I wonder, yeah, what's the reaction being to King George? Is there a resonance there? Um, Yeah, any thoughts?
0: I feel like the initial reaction to King George is just people's anticipation of his role in the show mm-hmm. and just what that means to people then, you know, he's he's the he's the relief as well. So I don't feel like there is that much um reaction to it being anything other than his role within the piece.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
6: Yeah, I, I, I think
3: agree with that. I, you go. You go,
6: too I think if people come with a political mind about what he might represent, about what this country is continuing to go through, uh, what the people here are continuing to struggle with, um, then it's a really interesting moment of them wanting to love him but also a reminder of what's happened here mm. and in many many other parts of the world but it's so hard to not love him
4: <laughs>
6: with especially thing, with brands magic
4: That <laughs> uh, reminds me of a of a line from, uh, <laughs> from a great broadway show: may god bless and pillar on the roof may god bless and keep the czar
5: Far away from us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it is uh, one of the, the good, like the great songs of the musical as well. You'll be back. You know, you're right. It does have that comic relief element to it. So yeah, it probably changes the participation mm-hmm. from the audience. Um, there is a
3: darkness in that, though. I think. Yes. Sorry, just just before. There is a darkness in that. I always find, like, depending on who you get to play. Um, that that role at that given time so like um I always go back to um Callan actually who now now plays Burr who was um a a standby for us like in like the OG cast Callan was a standby He, he covered Burr and the King and Hamilton and a few other people when he played the King I always got Joffrey energy from him so like uh Game of Thrones if anyone's seen that um I always he always had a way of presenting the character like this young figurehead hellbent on wreaking havoc essentially and like i always got that joffrey energy and when he played it it was really dark so the song the song had this darkness to it that i had not heard before because he was playing on the that that sinister kind of thing that at that time that's what the what, what was happening. You know, everyone viewed it as that. It was, it was this, this, you know, this empire that was, you know, wreaking havoc on the world. And I think he really tapped into that. And it was something that I really enjoyed that he did. And, and depending on who plays the role, depends on what you hone in on more, I think. Um, so Brent at the moment, very hilarious. And I think you, you go with what Akina said. Like, you know, he, he's he's funny, you can't help but like him. And then Martu said you can't help but love him. Um, so it is very specific, I think, on who plays it.
5: Mm -hmm. Great, great answers and great insights as well, Um, Michael, I'd love to bring you in, um, you know, bringing Hamilton out here and being in this product, you know, how has it made you more optimistic about the future of theatre here in Australia, how have you seen um, the future of theatre occur with Hamilton, the audience's perception to it?
2: Well, it's just, it's it's been phenomenal. you know, I think sort of bringing a show of this renown, and with with so much anticipation for for the production to originate and for Australian audiences to to want to discover our own production of Hamilton, has um, been has been so rewarding for everybody involved. And I think the highlight for me has continued to be seeing this incredible company on that stage because. It was, you know, the other question that we got, other than, do you think audiences will actually care about Hamilton or understand it, is, was, you know, will you be able to cast it? And, you know, as as the uh, the we were explaining earlier, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda made it very clear when he originated the show with Jeffrey Seller, the original Broadway producer, was that, you know, that Lin wanted audiences to leave whatever cultural baggage they had, whatever preconceived ideas they had about the founding fathers at the door of the theatre and to go and have this new experience. And we were committed from day one of putting the best Australian talent on that stage. And we spent a good 18 months finding this incredible cast And, and to then have gone through that during some of the most challenging times for all of us during that COVID period. Um, I will never forget the, I think the day we got everybody together on a zoom and we introduced each, everybody oh to each other and to look at these tiles on, on the screen, some um, you know, 35 or so people and to see Australia represented on that screen. And now, you know, fast forward to t- tonight where you've got this exceptional group of talents, um, and all doing the very best that they can. And, and giving this life and giving this show the absolute quality and performance that it deserves right in our own backyard has been the most rewarding. But I think what that means for the future of theatre in Australia is that we can continue to ensure that our stories reflect the communities in which we live and in which we work. And that's what I'm most proud of. And I hope that prevails you know, for shows going forward.
5: Yeah, yeah. No, we we all hope that prevails for shows going forward. I wonder, um, actually, the cast as well. I'd love to hear from you. Do you, you know? Has being in Hamilton and seeing the audience's receptivity to this has that changed uh, how you see Australian theatre and the future of Australian theatre?
3: Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, like in a nutshell, yeah. Um, again, the the reaction. I always go go back to that reaction uh, post show, our final show in Melbourne. I've never seen that before in an Australian theater, like a couple of people for sure. Yeah. At stage door, but not that many people coming out to say, thank you for what you've done in the city that you are in at that time. I've never seen that. And that makes me go, okay, well, moving forward, maybe that's giving allowance to people. Also the show, like allowance to people to show love. um, And also something about the show that's very specific is that it, it, there are so many people. It's the first time they've seen music theater ever. Mm. Um, we'll go out to stage door, and people will be like, "Oh, it's the first time I've ever seen uh, musicals," you know, uh, and "Oh man, I love it. I want to see whatever happens next." And then I go, "Well, I'm like, they're not, they're not all this good." No, nah, <laughs> <that's
2: laughs>
3: I'm like, you <laughs> this know, this is this is pretty theater. exceptional. So you you've started at a high bar here. Um, no, but obviously that's just a joke. But I let them, um, you know, I say like, "Look, go and see shows. Go and support theater." Um, You've you've opened you've opened the box now, so you might as well as just explore what else there is to explore.
0: To be fair, Hamilton is a, the show to go to if you've never been to musicals, yep. ever. because it's like the non-musical musical. I know that's such a sidebar, um, but to answer your question about theatre moving forward, it's I think since COVID. The appreciation for theatre is a lot deeper. I mean, it's such a it's such a beast to put on for producers. Theatre is like the everything that they have to consider to bring a group of people together for this piece is insane. Like the whole nation has to be on board, or all state governments have to be. On, you know, it's a whole thing. So since since COVID, I think it's been we've all had to ask ourselves why do we want to do this and some of us may never have asked ourselves that and just kind of fallen into theatre for whatever reason and we had to ask ourselves that in the in the privacy of our own minds in the quiet in the darkness of why when no one was around and there were no stage doors. And we just didn't know whether we were going to be out of our houses again. Do I still want to do theatre? Do I still want to produce theatre? Do I still want to own a theatre to have maybe no one here ever again? And so the opening night, when when we first opened, it was beyond us. And it was just... It became beyond, the, the show itself anyway is beyond us. And then mm. to understand, we were the first to open Hamilton globally, but back after, after COVID, to understand what it means to have a group of people back in the theatre again, it, it only has to propel forward since then, mm. given the depth that we've all answered the question of why. Why do mm. I want to continue doing theatre when it could be taken away from me tomorrow?
5: Mato, you're doing a lot of nodding.
6: (laughs) I believe that now is probably uh, the biggest moment for theatre going forward. I think it will thrive more than it ever has now. It will be more vital in the future because after experiencing periods of isolation and fear, Theater is to given us and
5: love. Hmm. This is a hugely optimistic conversation, much more optimistic than what we normally have in
0: (laughs) other worlds. You're so welcome. (laughs) (laughs) There's
4: there's one thing I like that I think this experience is not unlike Shakespeare, when you have to go and sit in the theater and then your ear gets attuned to the language and the pace and the rhythm. And that's certainly the case with Hamilton. So the second and third times are much better than the first, which is overwhelming. But um, it really is an adaptation. And and so I I agree with all that you're saying about reinventing, re-injecting, you know, rebuilding a theater. It is one. Should we go to some questions from our audience, uh, Victoria?
5: Yeah, we should. And that's also a reminder for the audience that you can ask questions using the Q&A function on Zoom if you have any burning questions. Um, I like this one. One of the questions is, what is your favourite song to perform? And I'm going to add on, and why.
3: (laughs) And why. Okay. Um, My favourite one is My Shot. Um, Reason why is because it's a great parameter for how that show is (laughs) going to go. You start it and you go, oop. It's a, it's a breath show today. I've got to really concentrate on that. That's something I got to lock into, or it's an energy show today. I've got to make sure that I'm keeping that in check and I'm not, you know, boiling over too soon. I've got to keep a, keep a break on that. It's a really good barometer for how the show is going to go. Also, I think it starts to get the audience into the idea of, oh, we have to listen quick. Like the, the information is going to come at us. It's going to come at us quick. we got to sit here and we got to, we got to, we got to switch on. Um. So I like that song for, for very many reasons. Yep.
5: Kena? oh yes um listen
0: most likely satisfied and and that's it's a love-hate relationship satisfying I have um uh because it tells on me it's it's it tells on me so hard and <laughs> so if I think I'm somewhere at the beginning of the show, Satisfied will tell me straight away that I'm incorrect, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to go right. I have to grab that ground. I have to grab the trust and then the surrender straight away. Otherwise, I'm doomed. Uh, and we call it the white room. Um, if you if you miss a lyric or a beat, your whole body just goes woof and just empty. It's a white room. And you're like. Oh, yeah. I think I'm gonna die. Um, yeah. So it's a love-hate relationship. For that reason, is because for me, it's the truth teller of where I'm actually at, and then I have to realign ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's the favorite. It's the challenge.
5: <laughs> and me too.
6: Yeah, my favorite part of the show is the winter's ball. So helpless and dissatisfied. Firstly, and most importantly, because right, her man is done. and um but also because um like we've talked about before the women don't get a lot of their time and Mm -hmm. for me the show really flips a gear when we see the hearts and minds of the women exposed in more vulnerable and generous ways
5: Um, another great question. There's so many coming through now, so I'm sorry, we might not be able to get to them all, but I like this one. It says, um, what do you think Hamilton will do for development and opportunities for young Australians in theatre? And, you know, what do you think Hamilton's legacy will be in Australia and New Zealand? And probably same order with Jason. Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a really was
2: Look, okay. I, think, I think the legacy, I would hope that the legacy we create is that for, you know, young feeder goers, two parts. One is that they discover a love of feeder and that this is something that is familiar and can be part of their lives and they want to embrace going forward. You know, to, to, to our point earlier, you know, for many people, it's their first time seeing the show. Our, our statistics, our ticketing pine data is, is demonstrating that, you know, Almost fifty percent of our audience are first-time theater goers, so that's incredible. But more so, I would hope that those audience members who are sitting there in that theater, wondering, you know, can I be, you know, can I be on that stage, you know, I, you know, can I see myself on that stage? And they are, and that encourages them to go and pursue their dreams. And and, you know, whether it's be a storyteller on stage or be a storyteller behind the scenes, that you know, they're seeing themselves realized on that stage night after night. And they know that they, too, can go and forge a career in the theater. I would love that to be our legacy long after the show' gone.
3: Yeah. I'd be interested to see admissions for um for arts institutes in the in the last two years, just to see um the up, the uptick in one admissions and two the diversity in those admissions um since the show's been on in Australia. So yeah, I would definitely second that. i would that that's the legacy in my mind. I hope that it 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 shifts the ground you know, a little bit when it comes to what's possible in theatre and who is possible to be, to be a part of theatre.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if we could maybe get Akina and Matu to talk about uh, in New Zealand, you know, do you anticipate the reaction in New Zealand is going to be different or similar to Australia, especially considering the slightly different colonial histories there?
0: I think it's um, much like how we've spoken about Australia and uh, how Australia receives this show. Again, it, it's it's people of the land, you know, being, fighting for their land. I, there's so much we can relate to. And again, it's very relationship, flawed human base. Uh, culturally, everyone can relate to the show and relate to these humans and relate to the fight. Um, so I think, I think they are gonna eat it up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Martin, I, think that
6: the, I think that the fact that Akina and myself are in the show has probably already sold tens of thousands of tickets. <laughs> okay.
0: not even I'm like not
6: even kidding you. Like, you know, tens of 10,000 of those are probably just my family.
0: <laughs> For real. And that's just immediate.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I am, okay. uh, the one thing that's
3: sorry sorry you go Akina.
0: Yeah. my family like inboxing it before we opened brisbane about tickets and bringing their whole like workplaces and their workplaces saving for da, 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 i'm like oh my god let me open brisbane first and then let me just work out the rest after that thank goodness it's a bigger space uh because mm. like, we're gonna need it we need
3: it yeah the one thing that surprised me because we went there and we did some PR like not too long ago um, for the launch of uh, of the Auckland season. Um, and one thing that I was like, oh, wow, this is going to go off here was when we went to the radio station or the radio headquarters, or one of them at least, the number of hip-hop radio stations in New Zealand, out of this world. So, like, there is a massive, hip just solely hip-hop culture. I think there was like four in that building alone. And I went, oh... They're really gonna have an ear for rap and hip hop and r and b like they're they're gonna know what's being said like that, so I'm like, "Get those hey. lyrics out <laughs> okay. hey man, like, don't
0: mess it up
3: <laughs> yeah it's like on the beat, on the beat
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another question has come through from Robin um, and it says, uh, Jason, how do you keep a straight face in the song where you have to pause after birth says Alexander Hamilton and we all cheer?
3: <laughs> um, well, the very first time it happened, I, I can't remember what I did. <laughs> um, I think that was like, it was something I just wasn't expecting because you know, that's sort of like a reaction you would expect for like, I don't know, the theater royalty, like, you know, to have that kind of reaction when you come out is something that I'm not used to at all or accustomed to whatsoever. So I definitely was not expecting it. Um, And as Akina said before, I think it's the character, the character, the way that it's introduced, that there's your your hero of the story and everyone just latches onto that and goes with it and reacts to it. And there was a lot of people who have been waiting for the show for so long. Um, And so that reaction... I think is something that i won't ever get used to i just always go back to what would michael jackson do <laughs> because he's had to deal with this before he would just stand there and look in a direction and he'd just wait and so i do that <laughs> see acting
0: it's, act. such, it's such an interesting thing i, I just want to add to that because it's you, you want to express your appreciation for people's appreciation and and just holding that moment of the show. It's like a yoga pose, right? I mean, this whole show is yoga. But it's like a yeah. yoga pose where you hold it in an isometric hold, but you let its energy still flow. So we have to, we're responsible for that moment of the show. We can't go out of that moment. So to hold truth of that moment, but let it expand, but it's still just that one pose is our responsibility. And I guess we're mm. able to express our gratitude by holding that moment and then carrying on once once Jason I was "Okay, now it's
3: time." <laughs> yeah, once there's a slight dip in the in the applause, and I'm like, "There it is, slatch on." Um, yeah, and he means it's, a, it's a crazy moment. Yeah, slight.
5: <laughs> All right, um Michael, I might just pass one more question to you, and then I'll throw back to Al, Michael, um, to round us out to the end. Um, but the question for you comes from Suzanne. She says, "Do you think Hamilton will still be relevant in 50 years' time?"
2: Yeah, look, I I do. I think it's, you know, already cemented itself as one of the great pieces of art, great pieces of storytelling. And I think kind of, you know, great stories, um, long lasting history, long lasting uh, interest. And I think we'll be seeing this on stage. I would be, you know, in 50 years time, it might be a new reimagined, reinterpreted production. But, you know, I think it's going to be one of those stories that we continue to engage with as theatre makers. And I think audiences are going to want to continue to engage with it as a story. It's, as I said at the beginning, it's you know it's that connection that we have with each of these characters. They're also individual, some flawed, um, some aspirational, some we connect with, some we don't. And I think that's what makes a good story. And just like, you know, a Zorabla, the story about the French Revolution that you know maybe many of us were not familiar with, we each connect with those various diverse characters. And I think that exactly the same can be said about Hamilton. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm very confident we'll be seeing it on stage uh, in 50 years and beyond. And it's just my thanks to you, Michael, for making this possible and for
4: Matu Akina. And Jason, you bring these lives to life. You bring lessons of history
3: to life. And the resonance
4: uh, affects all of us between Hamilton and Australia, New
1: Zealand, and the future. So heartfelt thanks to you.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: Uh, Victoria and Bruce and Michael and uh, Jason and Akina and Matu, thank you so much. That was a really fascinating discussion. Um, the insights into what it takes to produce this uh, were just remarkable for those of us who've seen the show but never really heard these experiences. And your energy and intelligence um, explain you know why it's a success and why it has so much energy. And what really interesting comments on on things that resonate today about theater in Australia. Um, But about I I love the comments early on that this was a story of an underdog, and I think you know when you said this showed that failed humans changed the world, um, and and they were young, and the women's story wasn't told and comes through. um, But the power and intelligence of the women in the story, and all of this at a time when in Australia and the US and New Zealand, and a lot of the world people want to believe they can they can they can make change happen. And uh, what, a, what a powerful sort of timeless, uh, well, and really relevant narrative. Um, a couple of you referred to Cherno's book on Hamilton and for the audience who may not know, that's Ron Cherno, the historian who wrote uh, Hamilton, a very thick, very weighty academic tone, right? Very thick, <laughs> uh, that somehow became this remarkable hip hop musical, highly recommended. Um, Cherno also wrote a biography of George Washington, which is very good. And for those of you who sympathize with um, Aaron Burr, uh, I, I have to recommend, I'm sure Bruce has read it, Gore Vidal's novel Burr, which is a, 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 a story of Aaron Burr that's a bit sympathetic. <laughs> um, and worth reading. A bit. <laughs> uh, for those who want to follow modern American politics and the rest of the story, um, Victoria, our colleague at University of Sydney, Professor David Smith, and others will tomorrow at 10 a.m., preview President Biden's State of the Union address to Congress. Um, uh, he, he will not sing hip hop, uh, I hope, <laughs> um, but but some of this will resonate. You can watch this discussion again on the website, uh, which you see ussc.edu.au, and I know my daughter and son are going to watch it after school. Um, and most of all, please go see the show in, 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 in Auckland and Chicago and London and beyond. See it many times. It will be better every time, I promise. Um, thank you all for joining us. This was just a wonderful discussion.
3: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.